Well, praise God. You already did that, didn't you? Feels awesome in the house of the Lord. That was so weak. <laughs> it feels awesome in the house of the Lord. Amen. No place I'd rather be. If there's somewhere else you'd rather be, the altars are open. The Lord is good. Why don't you go ahead and be seated? Truly, it is an honor to be here. More than I can even express. Um, I was telling someone on the phone today, and... Uh, some things are hard to say because, you know, sometimes we just deal with pride. And uh, I was telling someone on the phone today, trying to kind of get them to see the difference in ages and how people view things depending on the era they were raised in. I said I'm uh, in someone's home today that I've learned a lot from. And I have. <laughs> I have learned so much from Pastor and Sister Cox. Uh, and I'm, I'm just honored to be their friend and to know them. And uh, I just want to say thank you for trusting me um, tonight. I do feel I have a word. And I ask the Lord. I'm like, I, I know what you want, Lord. I, I know what you've told me. And I feel like it would be great for the ministry team to hear this word. But I'm just going to leave that up to you. I submit myself to both of you. Not because um, for any other reason other than I want to. Um, it is the right thing to do. And it's easy because I trust your heart. It's easy to submit to someone when you trust them. And I know that your heart is all about the kingdom of God. And so I submit myself willingly. Um, I submit to your authority. And one of those reasons also is because I want to have authority tonight. I want to preach the word with authority. But there's only one way that I can do that. And that is to first be submitted. So if any time I'm saying anything I shouldn't, just come up here and grab this mic. Or just holler, shut up. <laughs> God is good. I felt tonight in prayer that he was showing me that he is preparing you to take you to the next place in him as a body as a whole body of Christ right here he is ready he's preparing you to take you to the next level and I believe what he spoke to me about is going to help us get there how many want to get there <laughs> amen 
Jesus called them one by one from their places of work, from their homes, from their families, from the shores of the seaside. He called them, come and follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. So they followed him for three and a half years. They watched him. They watched the way he interacted with people. They watched the miracles that he performed. They stood amazed at how he went out of his way to go for the least of these. They had learned a lot from Jesus Christ. He had a plan and he chose them to help him fulfill that plan. And then standing at an empty tomb, all of the things that he had talked about began to make sense. Tear down this temple, and in three days I'll raise it up. They witnessed the destruction and the death of Jesus, and three days later they witnessed the resurrection. Then this resurrected Christ stayed among them for 40 more days, gave them a few instructions before going back into heaven. They were about to be empowered. They were about to take on the very spirit and nature of Christ. That spirit that they had witnessed for three and a half years. They were about to become the body of Christ on this earth. They were about to become the church. I want to speak to you a few minutes tonight about being one church. One church. Acts 1, beginning with verse 1. The former treaty, in other words, this true account, have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up. After that, he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me, for John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It's not for you to know the times and the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but ye shall receive power. After that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be my witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. So they obeyed. They believed his words. They acted upon them. And on the day of Pentecost, they were ready. They were ready to become the church, to become the body of Christ and continue what he began on this earth. Acts 1, verses 12 through 14. Then returned they unto Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, 
which is from Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey. And when they were come in, they went up into the upper room where abode both Peter, James, John, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon, Zelotus, and Judas, the brother of James. These all, somebody say all, continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. And Acts 2, 1 through 4. You've probably never heard these scriptures before. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all, somebody say all, with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came the sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and set upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. In one accord, meaning in unison, one passion, unanimously, one commentary said it this way about the church being in one accord. As the instruments of a great concert, under the direction of a concert master, so the Holy Spirit blends together the lives of members of Christ Church. It's a beautiful thing. This was the beginning of God's church. And I believe that it is the intention of God that what began in the spirit as one will also end in the spirit as one. He's coming after one church. There's only one bride. And we are making ourselves ready for the groom. Just as Esther, God's chosen one, had to bathe for months in oils to remove the impurities before becoming the bride of the king, so must we be bathed in the anointing of the Holy Ghost in preparation to become the bride of Christ. I'm ready. So somebody say it with me. Make us one. Make us one. We want to be one church. The center of a unified church is God. And my Bible tells me God is love. So the center of a unified church should be the love of God. God's love should be the driving factor behind everything we say and we do. And I'm thankful to be in a church tonight where that happens. Amen. You go ahead and you pat yourself on the back. We're doing a good job at that. But in order for that to happen, where everything is done and everything that is said is done in love, we have got to be unified. We must stay in one accord with the same passion, with the passion of Christ. And until Jesus comes, it's going to be a work. It's going to be a continual work in our own individual lives and in the life of the church. 
In chapter 15, Paul writes to the church, Awake to righteousness and sin not. As a unified church, may God wake us up to the things that are right and help us to forsake all the things that are wrong for the sake of Christ. We pray for growth spiritually, numerically, but in order to grow, we must each individually do our part. Just as blood flows through the natural body and keeps life flowing into every member of the body, so it must be with us. As the members of the body of Christ, as the members of his church. How do we keep ourselves alive, healthy, and growing as his body? By keeping his spirit flowing freely through us because it is life. By keeping his word continuously flowing into us because it is life. Jesus said, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. And when we all do these things, unity will follow. So the church began to grow across the world. The apostles were turning the world upside down with the gospel of Christ. They were fulfilling the great commission. But as with any endeavor concerning people, there's always problems. And that's just life. We were all born with a free will. Sometimes I'm like, why? When I'm looking in the mirror, of course. <laughs> a free will to make our own choices. And unfortunately, even as Christians, sometimes those choices create problems within the church. And evidently Paul encountered this with the Corinthian church. He knew it needed to be addressed. 1 Corinthians 1 and 10. Now, I beseech you, brethren, please listen to me, he said. By the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing. That there be no divisions among you. That ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment he was instructing them that everyone in the church speak the same thing don't be divided but be mended to completeness in your thoughts it's been a long month Let your views and opinions and your intentions all be the same. We talk of miracles here. <laughs> In that word division, it's just divided up by the word die, which means two, and the word vision. So it means two visions. In order for this church to be one church, we must have one vision. So somebody say it loud, make us one. When we have one vision, 
We are speaking the same thing. We are joined in unity and our intentions are the same. How good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It's like the anointing oil that flows down from the top to the bottom. This anointing oil came from ingredients that endured crushing. And we have had our share of brokenness, haven't we? And we've had our share of being crushed at times. But can I tell you, those same ingredients have also anointed us to be one in the spirit, one in our mind, and one in the words that we speak. Brother Joel Urshan said, unity is not me giving up my ideas for you or you giving up your ideas for me. It's all of us giving up our ideas for Christ and his cause. The disciples were unified for the cause. And what happened? Thousands, thousands were saved because they were all working for the same goal. They were all ready to take the gospel of Jesus Christ into the world. They were all preaching the same thing. They were all speaking the same thing. Christ and him crucified. Brother Urshan said, I am crucified with Christ. Unity requires us dying. I die daily, he said. It's more than just a trip to the prayer room. Sometimes we will be crucified. And you cannot crucify yourself. To be crucified means it comes from others. But what was the whole point of the crucifixion? So we could share in the resurrection. So we can rise up and be the victorious church he meant for us to be. Unity requires patience. There is no room for self-centeredness when there is unity or when we are one church. When there is unity, you stop caring about getting a position and instead you cheer somebody else on. While the disciples were arguing about serving one another, Jesus picked up a towel and without saying a word showed them exactly how it's done. His kingdom is all about the least of these are the greatest. His unified church is about serving one another. The Lord spoke to a lady in our church and told her, there are no celebrities in the church. <laughs> Woo, that is so true. When I read that scripture that Paul was instructing the church, the Lord just kept reiterating those words to me over and over again, that ye all speak the same thing. So let me ask you, where do the words come from that we speak? 
You know the scripture. You can quote it from the book of Luke. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So in order to be one church, we must all ask ourselves, what is filling my heart? Because whatever that is, that is the topic of my discussions. Are we actually saying the same things? Are our hearts filled with the same views and opinions and intentions? Do we all want the same thing? Are we all talking about the passion? Are we all talking about the cause of Christ? I truly want us to find out. I want us to find out tonight if the Pentecostal church is unified. We were unified up here. We were all praying up here. There were words on the screen that we could pray. And we were all praying together. But what about when that's over? What about when we go home and the only person we talk to about certain things is our spouse? What are we saying then? How do we get to be one church? How do we get to the point where all of us are speaking the same thing? How do we get to the point where we have the same desires for the kingdom of God in our hearts? Think about what happened with the disciples on the day of Pentecost. It's, it's fun to sing about it. It's fun to read about it. We can maybe even picture ourselves there. They were in one mind. They were in one accord. And this is what happened. But what happened Right after that, because they were in one mind and one accord, 3,000 souls, 3,000 souls were added to the church because they were in one mind and one accord. Is it really that easy? Woo! It happened. Can it happen again? Oh, I believe it. I believe it. I have no doubt what can happen when people become one. The Bible is full of story after story after story of things that can happen when people become unified. My husband was preaching not too long ago. I'm sorry, I don't remember what it was, but... We were all praying and, you know, afterwards in the altar. And all of a sudden, I got this vision. It was so clear. So our pulpit, if it's like this, our baptistry is, you have to go up steps like this to get to the baptistry. And I saw out the side door a line of people waiting to be baptized in Jesus' name. It was as clear as me looking at you right now. I could hear them talking to one another. They were saying, how did you get here? Well, so-and-so invited me. Oh, how did you? Well, I'm a prodigal, and I just decided to come back home. I could hear them talking. I was about to, like, run around the church. 
It was so exciting. That's what's going to happen when we become one church. One church. Somebody say it. Make us one. For years, I would pray the Lord's Prayer every day. Not as a ritual, but I just love the Lord's Prayer. And you know how you do? You take some scriptures and you make them personal. My Father who is in heaven, holy is your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Forgive me my sins. And I would just make it very personal. And it wasn't too long ago I was praying and the Lord began to tell me that wasn't ever meant to just be personal. It's fine if you do that. But it was meant to be a corporate prayer. Our Father. When they said, Jesus, teach us how to pray, he doesn't get any words mixed up. Our Father who is in heaven, give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us. He was talking about you need to pray this over the church, over the body of Christ. We need to pray it over one another. Forgive us. Maybe somebody hadn't prayed today. I'm praying for it. Forgive them, God. Give us this day. Supply their needs. It was a prayer meant for the whole church. The first church began in a unified prayer meeting. Their hearts and minds and intention and passion were all on the same thing. And that was to get the gospel out into the world. I want you to think about something for a minute. And we're going to try this. I want you to think about what you want as an individual. What do you want for TPC? What's something that you have been desiring? And you want to see it happen. What is your idea that would just make this an awesome place? What's something you've been talking about? What's something you've been praying about or giving God your ideas? Like, God, you know, if the pastor would just do this, that would be great. What are some things that you have been wanting to see? All right? Now I want you to make two fists. I can't do that. Well, I am. I'm Chris grabbing a hold of this. Make two fists. Now, I want you to begin to pray what you've already been praying for, what you pray for at home, what you pray for when you come here, what you were praying for up here. I want you to begin to pray what you want to see happen at TPC. Can you do that with me right now? Go ahead. This is what I want to see, God. This is what I'm asking you to do. It's what I'm believing you to do, God. Do it, God. You pray with fervency at home about this.
Jesus. Go ahead, tell him what you want. So for every individual in the room, we could have all been praying something a little bit different. Because when we go to prayer, this is what the Lord showed me that I was doing, and he showed me this is what the church is doing. We go to prayer, and we pray scriptural prayers. We quote it. You said, if I ask anything in your name, God, I can have it. And I'm praying, and he showed me, you're praying like this. God, this is what I need you to do. God, I need you to move in so-and-so's marriage and, and do this. God, I want you to fix so-and-so's heart and make it right. And God, and I am just giving him all of my desires and all of my ideas. And while all of our prayers are very sincere and we pray so many prayers, tears streaming down our face, our fists are clenched, we mean it with all of our heart. It's what we think is best for our church. But when you want one thing and I want something else and we are all praying different prayers, we are not unified. We're not praying as one church. Now, I know around here a lot of prayer happens. And someone might get up and say, let's all pray this. And then we're praying the same thing. But what about when we're at home? What about what, our, our, what we want? What we think would be best for this church? And then the Lord showed me something. He said when Adam and Eve were in the garden and everything was perfect, they had all the authority that they would ever need. He said it was like a funnel of authority that ran straight from the throne of God down into Adam and Eve. They had dominion. They had authority. They had power. They had dominion over everything. It says every creeping thing. Who was creeping around? They had dominion over the enemy. They had dominion. If Adam said that is now a fox, we still call it a fox today. That's a giraffe. He had dominion. He named it. We're still calling it a giraffe. They had the authority of God. All of the authority of God. The dominion. They had it. And they were exercising it. And then the enemy comes along. He no longer had any power or authority. And he didn't want anybody else to have it either. 
So Eve turns her ear to begin to listen to the lies of the enemy. She didn't give up her authority yet, but she listened. And then she believed. She lost her trust in what God said. And she began to listen to the voice of what the enemy said. And when she reached her hand, this is what the Lord showed me. When she reached her hand out and grabbed a hold of that piece of fruit, she stopped the flow of authority. Because she took matters into her own hands. It's what she wanted. She had a better idea than God. The enemy convinced her that what she wanted was better for her than what God wanted. How many times do we do that? Well, God, let me just tell you what I need. Let me just give you my idea. How often do we try to take control over situations that God already has control over? But if we manipulate things a little bit, things just might go my way. But if it's going my way, it's not going his way. There's only one authority. There's only supposed to be one authority. And if I have taken control of everything, then he does not have control. And if we're going to be one church, then we need to let go and let God be the authority in our lives. It's not about what I think is best. It's not about what I want. If God spoke something to me, but he didn't speak it to him, I don't have any authority. God has this flow of authority. And when he went to Calvary, and when he rose again, he took back the keys of death, hell, and the grave. And guess what else? He took back that authority that Adam and Eve once had. He took it back for you and I. So it is rightfully ours again. And Jesus said it to his followers. I give you power. I give you authority over serpents, over scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy. Over all the power. So you see, it's rightfully ours. But we can't have our authority and his at the same time. Church, he wants us to be one. He wants you to all be speaking the same thing. Thinking the same thing. Walking the same way. Not pastor over here and I'm going this way because I just don't agree. We're never going to see the revival that has been promised. The harvest that is waiting if we don't get together and become one church. One vision. 
one passion and stay under the flow of authority. You can have any authority that you want because Jesus has already given it to us. We just got to stay in the right place. Mm. Somebody say it. Make us one. Make us one. One church. And that is, that is the passion of your pastor. Many campuses, one church. <laughs> to where all those campuses are speaking the same thing. <laughs> Every one of you, you're speaking the same thing because you're one church. <laughs> Still reaching up, right? <laughs> Still reaching out and reaching in. One church. With power and authority. Because you have it. It's rightfully yours. God has given us power over the enemy. You have already seen so many miracles happen. But guess what? There's so many more. There are so many more. But if we want to see them happen, we have to be one church. He has to be able to trust us. I 100% believe that there is something that God has asked of every one of us that we struggle with to be obedient. Because we're human, I am using the word we here. Our flesh is pulling one way. And the spirit of God is pulling the other way. And whichever one we give into the most wins. So the question tonight is, are we giving into our own way what we think is best? Or are we submitting to God and our shepherd? What do you want what kind of revival do you want because whatever it is we can have it but we must all be speaking the same thing we must all be just like on the day of Pentecost one mind one accord they had no idea what was about to hit them they didn't know they never experienced the Holy Ghost before they just obeyed what Jesus said. Be one in one mind. Be in one accord. And they did it. And the Holy Ghost was poured out. But it didn't stop just there. They went out. And revival spread throughout the world. And you and I are here today because of that revival. What can happen when we align our vision with God and with our pastor? What can happen when our thoughts become unified? Whew. Not my will, God, but your will be done. Your will be done. Your will be done. 
So in closing tonight, we're going to pray again. Because we haven't prayed enough. Somebody came to our church one time and they were like, you guys pray more than any church I've ever been in. Like, yep, let's pray again. But we're going to pray again. And I want you to pray the same prayers that you prayed a while ago with clenched fist. But this time, I want you to open your hands. And I want you to pray because I know you want what is best for this church. But you may not have the idea to make it happen. And, and you don't necessarily need to be in control of making anything happen. So when we open our hands, you are opening that flow of authority once again. And when you pray, your prayers will change to prayers of authority. Because we're lining ourselves up with what God wants. It's not about what I want anymore, God. It's not about I want this church to rid yourselves of what you want and say, not my will, God, but what you want. Now, I want you to lift your hands and open the flow of authority that is rightfully ours and pray, oh, God, for this church. Make us one, oh, God. Do what you want to do, God. Say what you want to say, God. Bring into this church who you want to bring into this church, God. Speak to our pastor, God. Hallelujah. Let us line up, Lord, with that vision. Make us one. Oh, God, we take our hands off of it. Oh, we say not our desires, but yours, God. I let go of control tonight, God. I let go of manipulation tonight, God. I let go of what I want to see and what I think is best. And I say your will. Your will, oh God. Your will, oh God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, open yourself up to his will right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, let go of doing things your way. Not my will, God, be yours. Whatever it takes to make us one church. Whatever it takes, God. Make us one church, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 